Cheese. Oh, temper, temper. You are listening to an episode of the Gribble Nation Roadcast, powered by Anchor FM, and this is an episode of Just Passing Through with your host, Dan. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's well. Um, In this episode, we're going to be talking about an interstate corridor that, when you look at it on a map, it doesn't look like a whole lot of anything at all, in fact. But there is quite a bit to talk about in terms of sort of the history of this highway and uh, some past, present, and potential future developments along the corridor as a whole. And I'm talking about, of course, Interstate 14. Um, There's a little bit of background here. Um, Interstate 14 has existed on maps since 2017. Uh, following an interstate standard upgrade of the pre-existing U.S. 190 corridor between Belton, Texas, and the south entrance to Fort Hood military base um, near Killeen. By the way, Fort Hood is also named for John Bell Hood, a uh, Confederate general. Another one of these southern uh, military installations that's named for a uh, Confederate personality. But that's none of my business. Anyway, since the interstate was designated, um, there hasn't been much in new construction. The main priority that Texas DOT has been uh, pursuing is a widening of the I-14 corridor to a total of six lanes across throughout its entire length. Um, This project began actually before the interstate designation was approved in 2013. And it's still ongoing as of the recording of this episode in March 2022. Um, By the end of this year, uh, I-14 will be six lanes uh, for its entire length between Belton and Killeen. A distance of about 26 miles, which puts it near the bottom of the list as far as uh, mainline interstates, if you're ranking them by length. 14 is one of the shorter uh, mainline routes in America. It is ahead of some of the highways out in Hawaii, the mainline interstates out there, also I-97. I-11, I believe, is shorter at this point. Um, But 14 is definitely near near the bottom of the list in terms of overall length in the... um, mainline interstate category. Now, the proposal of what has gradually turned into I-14 was first made in 2005 when the 14th Amendment Highway was proposed. Um, This was just an initial proposal. There was no interstate designation that accompanied this proposal, although almost immediately folks assumed that it would be logical that this highway could be designated as I-14 because it did fit into the interstate grid in that location. Um, The highway was proposed to run between Natchez, Mississippi and Augusta, Georgia, uh, roughly along the US-80 corridor through Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia, a part of the Deep South that's also known as the Black Belt. And this is because this is more or less the territory where you had the heart of the 
uh, slave-based plantation economy of uh, those deep southern states in the air in the uh, period leading up to the Civil War. Now, almost immediately following the initial proposal for the 14th Amendment Highway between Mississippi and Georgia, there were plans and counter plans and further discussions about extensions to this highway, both in the easterly direction and in the westerly direction. Um, U.S. Representative Charlie Norwood of Georgia around this time suggested that the highway could extend as far west as Austin, Texas, and the Grand Strand in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to the east. The subsequent Safe, Accountable, Flexible, Efficient Transportation Equity Act, also known as SAFE TEA, uh, was signed into law by President George W. Bush in August of 2005. Congressional advocacy for the legislation spiked following the uh, post-Hurricane Katrina logistics nightmares that uh, took place in late August of that year. It was around that time that it became clear that an east-west highway across central and southern Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia would be desirable as a way to uh, facilitate evacuations away from the coast and also allow for easier access to the coastline uh, for disaster relief personnel, the National Guard, FEMA, uh, etc. So in response to these initial waves in Congress um, with considering uh, potential future extensions of the 14th Amendment Highway Corridor, um, Changes gradually were made to the scope of this project. Um, in the late 2000s, the western terminus was later moved uh, to I-49 in Alexandria, Louisiana. Also, considerations were being made for a further continuation westward into Texas. Now, the FHWA issued a report on the 14th Amendment Highway proposal to Congress in 2011 and made recommendation for future environmental and feasibility studies. However, no action to fund these studies advanced through Congress after 2011, and there's been no such movement on that in the last 10 years. At the same time that this was going on, Texas DOT was conducting a study of its own um, for the U.S. 190 corridor across central Texas, and their aim there was to establish feasibility and demand for an interstate-grade highway along that corridor across Central Texas, roughly between Belton and Temple in the east, and San Angelo and Fort Stockton in the west. Um, they concluded with their study in 2011 that it was justified to upgrade US 190 to a divided four lane highway based on current traffic projections out to the year 2040, but that upgrading the US 190 corridor to a full interstate grade freeway through Texas could only be justified if the 14th Amendment Highway was actually constructed westward from Mississippi across Louisiana to meet it. Um, the the I-14 concept became a reality um, when House Transportation Committee members Brian Babin and Blake Farenthold authorized and introduced the amendment to the 2015 Fixing America's Surface Transportation Act, also known as the FAST Act. This amendment created the I-14 Central Texas Corridor that is planned to ultimately generally follow US-190 across Texas. Um, the FAST Act was ultimately approved and signed into law in December of 2015 by President Barack Obama. Now, as I mentioned, um, 
I-14 was officially recognized and signed in 2017 along the stretch of highway that we know it today between Belton and Fort Hood, which is a distance of about 26 miles. Since that time, there's been no new construction on new right-of-way pertaining to the interstate. Um, as I mentioned, there is that one um, widening project that's been ongoing for the past several years, and that will be completed later this year later in the late 2022 since the interstate's initial signing in 2017 there's been very little uh, in terms of political and construction movement on this highway the one significant development that should be noted is that uh, in august 2021 senators ted cruz of texas and Raphael warnock of georgia introduced an amendment to the American Jobs Plan that would designate a corridor of I-14 to connect their respective states. So from Texas to Georgia, by way of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Um, it was anticipated in this amendment that the interstate would stretch as far west as Midland and Odessa, Texas, and in the west, and conclude in Augusta, Georgia, in the east. Uh, the bipartisan legislation aimed to connect multiple military installations. So in addition to the coastal evacuation facilitation advantage of building I-14, it's also been officially stated by the U.S. government that one of the aims of this project is to also connect many different military installations that do not have direct connections to the interstate system as of now. Additionally, providing an east-west highway to connect them all and also to provide better access to the region's north-south interstates. So Fort Hood is already connected to I-35 with the existing piece of I-14, but there's also Goodfellow Air Force Base out in San Angelo, Texas, Fort Polk in western Louisiana, Camp Beauregard in southern Louisiana, Fort Benning in Columbus, Georgia, uh, Robbins Air Force Base near Macon, Georgia, and Fort Gordon near Augusta, Georgia. This amendment was ultimately included in the final American Jobs Plan bill that was passed by the House and the Senate and was signed into law by President Joe Biden in November of 2021. So as of right now, that's where things stand. Uh, there seems to be an agreement on an east-west corridor originating in west-central Texas, crossing across, you know, central Louisiana, south-central Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia before ending in Augusta. Um, that is basically the proposed plan for I-14. Uh, as we know right now, it's only 26 miles in length. It would balloon to roughly 1,200 miles or so, maybe even a little longer than that, um, if the highway was to ever be built out to this full uh, vision that uh, certainly the politicians see it uh, getting to someday, but uh, obviously it's going to take a lot of work for it to get uh, to that point. So I suppose at this juncture it would be useful to run quickly through the proposed alignment of I-14 across the Deep South um, between Texas and Georgia. Um, the proposed alignment of this interstate follows five high-priority corridors. Uh, one for each of the states that it's proposed to pass through. Um, so beginning in the west, in Texas, uh, this is designated as High Priority Corridor 84, also known as the Central Texas Corridor. 
All right, right off the bat, we have an interesting um, concept here where we're going to have a north fork and a south fork of this interstate. The northern leg of it would begin at I-20 near Odessa, proceeding eastward towards Brady, Texas. The southern leg would begin right around the interchange between US-190 and I-10, um, east of Fort Stockton, and then proceeding generally eastward to Brady, Texas. At that point, the two forks would join together and form I-14, which would continue easterly roughly along US-190, comprising, of course, the existing section of I-14, uh, passing Fort Hood, Killeen, Belton, and then in the area of Temple, the interstate would continue eastward. There might be a brief overlap somewhere with um, I-35 between uh, Belton and Temple. But anyway, at Temple, the interstate would continue eastward. Um, again, generally following US-190, um, passing the area of College Station, um, Jasper, Texas, and then crossing into Louisiana at the Burrs Ferry Bridge um, west of Leesville. Now, the, the thing, there are a couple of things to point out here about the Texas alignment. Actually, three. But the first one I'll point out is that somewhere in the area of far eastern Texas, near Jasper or Woodville, um, there is a proposed spur route as part of the I-14 project that would lead southward from the 14 mainline towards the ports of Beaumont and Port Arthur. There is no known proposed uh, freeway designation for this spur. Um, what you're going to see as we continue east is that there's also a there's also some strategic value in connecting not just the military bases along the path but also connecting those bases with notable port facilities on the Gulf Coast. So the port of Corpus Christi, the ports of Beaumont and Port Arthur and then further east we'll talk about something involving the port of Gulfport in Mississippi. There's no known interstate designation for this East Texas Spur. It may or may not be related to the proposal for Interstate 369, which would run up the eastern side of Texas between uh, the Lufkin area and Texarkana. Um, it remains to be seen if this I-14 Spur idea gets absorbed into that somehow. Um, Time will tell exactly what, if any, shape that takes. The second thing I'd like to mention is that in the area of College Station, there is a proposed freeway loop encircling the Bryan College Station metro area. Um, Texas DOT has preliminary, preliminarily uh, labeled this highway as Interstate 214. Uh, so I-14 would get its first auxiliary interstate um, under this proposal. The third idea, and this is something that I alluded to in the beginning out in West Texas, is that the idea of a North Fork and a South Fork of I-14. Now, does that mean that you would have I-14N and I-14S out this way? Um, it's possible. It has not been explicitly stated that that is the proposal. Um, but it is a logical conclusion to make, especially when you consider the fact that Texas is no stranger to suffixed mainline highways. Um, you already have I-35E and I-35W in Dallas-Fort Worth. 
and now you have the Interstate 69 ECW cluster in far south Texas. Um, so it's entirely realistic to think that you're going to get I-14N and I-14S um, in West Texas as part of this, assuming that they decide to even build both of these forks. Uh, they may not even, they may only build one of them, for instance, and save the other one um, either for potential future construction or they may just shelve it entirely. So that's the Texas side of things. Moving east into Louisiana, you have High Priority Corridor 99, which is designated Central Louisiana Corridor. So picking up where we left off um, in Leesville at Burr's Ferry, continuing eastward, roughly along Highway 8 to Alexandria, where it would intersect I-49. Continuing generally northeasterly along Louisiana Highways 28, and then picking up the US-84 Corridor eastward uh, towards Natchez. So a pretty straightforward corridor there, um, shadowing some prominent state highways, eight, and eight between the Texas border and Alexandria, 28 leading eastward from Alexandria, and then US-84 um, in the direction of the Mississippi River. Now, that brings us to the Mississippi side of this um, corridor, high priority corridor 100 designated as the Central Mississippi Corridor. At the Mississippi River, the interstate is proposed to cross the river at or somewhere near the existing Natchez-Vidalia Bridge, which is a twin-span cantilever truss bridge. Uh, the initial bridge was built in 1940. It was joined by a twin-span in 1988. Um, the existing twin-span crossing is far from interstate standard. Um, so my guess is that there would have to be a brand new bridge built across the Mississippi River for the interstate. Um, they could recycle the existing bridge or part of it for a local traffic, but you're going to have to get some sort of new Mississippi River bridge built somewhere in the area of Natchez for the interstate. Um, on land in Mississippi, the freeway would continue to roughly follow the US-84 corridor from Natchez um, across south-central Mississippi, intersecting Interstate 55 uh, before reaching an interchange with uh, I-59 in Laurel. And then it's generally believed that I-14 will join I-59 uh, on a multiplex northward up to Meridian, where it will join I-20, so you'll have a three-way concurrency between 14, 20, and 59, continuing eastward to the Alabama state line from there. Um, in the area of Laurel, there is proposed to be another spur off of I-14. This is the second one of these. Um, this one would lead generally southward from Laurel through Hattiesburg, um, and then branching off to the southeast to the port of Gulfport, where it would intersect with I-10 and terminate somewhere at the port facility uh, on the Gulf Coast. Now, it's not really clear if this is simply an all-new proposal that's been floated or if they are somehow reviving a past proposal for a Gulfport interstate connection from years past. The original proposal that was uh, put out there years ago, but has 
been shelved permanently was for an Interstate 310, which would have connected um, I-10 with the port of Gulfport. This is a much larger iteration of this idea. Um, it's not clear if this is a revival of I-310 on a much more grandiose scale or if this is something new entirely. Um, but that's something that bears watching. Obviously, the I-310 proposal didn't go anywhere, so it remains to be seen if this iteration of a uh, Gulfport to inland Mississippi interstate um, ever gets anywhere. So that's it for Mississippi. Alabama, High Priority Corridor 101, the Middle Alabama Corridor, as it's designated. So we mentioned before how... Um, Coming out of Meridian and heading eastward, you're going to have a three-way concurrency between Interstates 14, 20, and 59. I-14 will branch off of the other two very quickly, perhaps right at the state line, um, and roughly head eastward, uh, roughly shadowing the U.S. 80 corridor for most of its length in Alabama, uh, from near Cuba at the state line in Mississippi, uh, passing the area of Selma, um, and then reaching the Montgomery area. Um, it's proposed to follow the Montgomery Outer Loop, which is currently in design and is partially under construction. Uh, that would, that's a loop around the south and eastern sides of Montgomery. It's actually being built and conceived as a relocation of Interstate 85, but that under this proposal, it will also carry I-14 shields. Um... By the way, this entire stretch that I've outlined for you between I-20 and 59 and uh, Southeast Montgomery, this has also been proposed as an extension of I-85. Um, so it remains to be seen if this will carry purely I-14 shields if it ever gets built or if it will also carry I-85 shields somehow. Um, so that all remains to be seen. Uh, obviously this is still a long way off from becoming a reality, so um, we'll have to just see what happens with that. So anyway, around the Montgomery Outer Loop, um, intersecting I-85 east of Montgomery and then multiplexing with I-85, um, leading eastward um, into the area of Auburn and Tuskegee where it will branch off again and follow US 80 roughly um, in an easterly direction towards the Georgia border near Columbus. In Georgia, the final of the states that I-14 is legislated to pass through, uh, you have High Priority Corridor 102, which is known as the Middle Georgia Corridor. This corridor again picks up where we left off along the US 80 corridor. It would largely follow US 80 across the city of Columbus um, and generally shadow US-80 between Columbus and Macon. Across the entire part of Georgia, um, it's envisioned that I-14 will generally follow a highway corridor that's known as the Fall Line Freeway, which is not a freeway by any stretch. It's actually more like a divided highway with a couple of stretches that are freeway standard. But the Fall Line Freeway... Uh, which has been recently designated as Georgia Route 540, um, roughly follows a path between Columbus, Macon, and Augusta, which is 
basically the path that I-14 is intended to follow in Georgia. Um, the Fall Line Freeway has been largely built to divided highway standards. There are some portions that are expressway standard. There are a couple of stretches that are also freeway standard. There will be a lot of work necessary uh, to bring this highway up to interstate standard. Um, but that is ultimately the plan in Georgia, is to have it follow this corridor um, before reaching its eastern terminus somewhere in the Augusta, Georgia area at I-20. So all in all, that's an overview of I-14 between Midland, Texas and Augusta, Georgia by way of uh, Central Texas, um, Central Louisiana around Alexandria, South and Central Mississippi around Laurel and Meridian, um, Montgomery, Alabama, uh, Macon, Georgia, and finally terminating in Augusta. Um, it's interesting that there's no real large-scale metro area that this interstate would pass through, as you can kind of tell by what I've been describing. It completely bypasses the large metro areas of Texas. It doesn't even pass close to Austin, which would be the closest uh, city by distance. You know, it bypasses DFW, it bypasses Houston. Um, it passes through largely rural areas in Louisiana and Mississippi. I mean, Alexandria is a decent-sized city, but it's it's nowhere near even Shreveport uh, or New Orleans. Um, and then, you know, it bypasses Montgomery, it, and it's not going to pass through anything all too sizable in Georgia either. So um, this is a highway that's going to take shape largely in the rural areas between these metro areas, and it will serve to connect the military bases that I've mentioned with key port facilities on the Gulf Coast and also provide additional coastal evacuation opportunities for folks seeking to go east or west. And so all in all, the desire for this highway to be built is there. It's all written in legislation, and time will tell exactly how long it will take for this highway to actually see some form of construction. Um, there is no timeline for new construction on I-14 um, outside of central Texas. Um, it is up to the individual states along its path to make the next move and uh, get this project rolling finally. So that's our little look at I-14. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have, make sure you subscribe to follow updates on the Gribble Nation Roadcast. You can check us out on GribbleNation.org. Uh, you can also check me out, Dan, on Roadway Wiz on YouTube. And um, I thank you all very much for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Cheese. Thank you for tuning in to uh, an episode of the Gribble Nation Roadcast. Uh, we hope uh, you get to listen to us again soon. Have a good one.